Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event, so if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Brian O'Driscoll on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now you're welcome along. So there is plenty to get into. Champions Cup semi-finals are very much upon us. The URC quarterfinal lineup has been finalised. Ulster Connacht on Friday, May the 6th. Leinster have the Sharks on 6th of May. And Glasgow Munster is on that same Saturday evening after the weekend that was. Ireland this weekend will hope to avoid a wooden spoon away to Scotland as well and the Six Nations in Edinburgh on Saturday evening. So it's all going on. Brian O'Driscoll, you're very welcome. Thanks, Joe slash Wally. <laughs> when did you decide you were going to open I, with that? Do you know what I thought when I walked in? <laughs> when I walked in, I said, is it red and white or is it blue and white? It's <laughs> actually red and white. Is it? Yeah. But it's like slash sailor. Keith Wood but did say I look like a sailor, actually. I seem to have worn this on the two occasions that you two were in. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good. Well done. It's good to bring the rugby humour to the airwaves at times. Uh, You're going to say. <laughs> uh, it's all going on. Leo Cullen. I, I, I wasn't I wouldn't have said ordinarily that I have to start with a Leo Cullen press conference. <laughs> but here we are. So Leo Cullen doesn't usually do a Monday press conference. There was a change of plan yesterday. He marched on in there and did 30 minutes. His first answer was six, seven minutes long. And he was in rare form. I think it speaks of uh, the sense of maybe tension in a healthy way in the Leinster camp this week. So a whole host of things. I'll just fire some at you, for instance. Hype was a big theme. He talked about perhaps the younger Leinster players felt the love and the adoration after beating the Lions and they didn't handle that all that well when they went to the Bulls and lost 62-7. So he was asked if that could apply to the more experienced senior team and he well he went full John Kiley uh, is the truth John Kiley um, after the Waterford game at the weekend which Limerick won he said let's be honest about it there is some amount of bullshit spoken about our team this week it's a softening up exercise mentally from those outside of the camp but we're around a long time so I mean that's really building a siege mentality from <laughs> from not much. So Leo Cullen has said of the situation, it's just disrespectful to everyone we play against, isn't it? I'm sure it's just winding up the narrative in their minds. The hype, it's week on week on week. We're up against the best teams in Europe. Toulouse are the most successful team in the competition. They lost at this stage last year. What do you think their motivation is? It's through the roof. You're up against top teams and they'll only lap up all that media stuff that you guys have delivered journalist glance at the <laughs> and uh, I think the Limerick I, you know somebody obviously put the Limerick thing to him and he said well we won nothing last year Limerick won last year we didn't that's all I remember all I remember is the disappointment of losing in Marseille and losing at home in the RDS against the Bulls now there's more which I'll get to but straight away like so interesting the same week the, mo- the two most successful teams in Irish sport and by extension the two most successful managers just having this sense of ugh, hype. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I, I like. I, I've watched Leo for a number of years, and you know he, he he's given very little away for a long time. A bit out of the Declan Kidney um, notebook of of lots of voice notes, lots of um, segments, but actually very little said, very little detail, very little to kind of hang your hat on, and and so that's why. 
you know, seeing that coming out on a Monday, I wouldn't have been aware that he wasn't usually a, a Monday uh, press conference attendee. Um, but there's, you, you could look at this a few different ways. You could look at it um, where he's had a bite. Obviously, it's a preemptive bite for him to position himself on the Monday, but also maybe he's looking at taking a bit of that pressure off his team. You know, that they were talking about him, that were, you know, the, the Jose Mourinho kind of thought process of, wow, this is different, but yet not focusing on the pressure that's unsurprisingly ratcheting up on this Leinster team. We've talked about it for a good few years now, since 2018. The reality is, by their standards, they have under-delivered since then. They should have more European Cups than they have. They should have won last year. You know, the one in, in St. James's Park in 19 against Saracens, you know, they could could have won that. The circumstances that they found themselves in. Um, you know, other semi-finals in La Rochelle two years ago. Like So all of these are big disappointments. And so... What comes with that is extra pressure on them now, particularly the fact that it's Dublin, Dublin. Um, so for him to come out and talk the way he has, a little bit of messaging for his team, but also just to get everyone chatting about him and his press conference and less so about the pressure on particular individuals, I reckon. Mm. I reckon he's he's a very, very smart guy, is Leo, well thought out. I wouldn't say he... You know, he reacts angrily to situations and circumstances very often. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good to see, irrespective of what his rationale for speaking the way he has, it's good to see the emotion. It, it, it matters so much, but sometimes the, because he's such a cool customer, you don't always see that innate emotion in him, that he's, he's very level in, in his ups and downs so to, to see someone come out and fire a few shots the way he has is great mm. it's great makes him human to give people a sense of some other bits and pieces so he was asked uh, about finances that's been a big talking point around Leinster of late he wasn't asked about Richard Wigglesworth directly but he did mention him so Wigglesworth had talked about Leinster's uh, budget post uh, the Leicester win and <laughs> <laughs> and this is a bit of a drive-by. Interesting, said Leo. Obviously, Richard Wigglesworth had some comments the last day about us. Obviously, he came through at Saracens. <laughs> Full stop? Or Not quite. <laughs> but I mean, say so let it hang. Uh, that's what you're up against. You're up against the top teams. It's so hard to win. And then he was asked if outright, do Toulouse and La Rochelle have bigger budgets than Leinster? I don't know. I haven't got the calculators out, so I don't know. And then he started talking about how French rugby, it's huge business. And he said, we're little old Ireland, small demographics. We're fighting as a minority sport here for young talent and all the rest. Then one of the journalists joked, is there any point on turning up on uh, <laughs> Saturday? <laughs> to which I think he laughed. I think he, uh, he took the point. <laughs> little old Leinster. Anyone heard of Jack Nianabar? Which we've hired. We're, we're hoping he's all right. Um, and he also, one last point then. Uh, he, he made a real point and I think he's conscious of how many games Leinster have at the Aviva Stadium mm. of highlighting that this Saturday is very much an EPCR event where the starting price for tickets is 75 euro. That make a lot of people think. And uh, he said, I would really plead to all Leinster fans out there to come out, support the team. That has to be a point of difference for us. So a real rallying. That's call. punchy. 75 starting. It's too much. That's very expensive. Yeah. You know, 
that's very expensive. I don't know whether kids' prices are not. I, but either did, way. I, did I read this? Twenty five thousand sold. Oh, you may have. I didn't see how many where they're I at. I think I read twenty five thousand on Rory O'Connor today. So uh, um, that's a real. Can we get a move on here at all? Everybody kind of call, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, it was always going to be difficult for this Leinster team, considering Leicester game was there, and with the knowledge that, particularly the way. Leinster fans are at the moment thinking oh we should be there'll, there'll be semi-finals and finals so we'll you know hold ourselves till the big one yeah. and you know because lots of people you know, as well to do as many Leinster supporters are there's lots of people that can't afford four consecutive friends 16 through to a final particularly with those prices if you're bringing kids and everything else that comes with it so um you're traveling up from from you know outside of Dublin like it's yeah I, I I can understand why there's always a rallying cry to try and get as much support as you possibly can because um because they're not in a final yet and don't wait to get there because th- there is the possibility that there may be no final albeit it'll take some monumental performance from Toulouse I think to 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 beat the sensor team but um yeah, I, I can see. This sounds like there's a lot of frustration in his voice, and and I can understand that those ticket prices, if it's starting at seventy five, you know, you're you're alienating a huge faction of of supporter base on on those grounds. Mm. You really are. Mm. So yeah, I, I sense frustration as well, and I sense the tension of a week like this. I, I think there's some truth in what Rachel Wiggersworth is talking about. You know, I can also understand Leo's sorry. objection. We're, we're little old Ireland. We're, <laughs> sorry, we're sorry. fighting as a minority like, sport here. The, the thing is that, like the he, and Leo's come from Leicester as well, and and he said it too that they, they 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 bit off more than they could chew over in the in the club game in the UK. They, you know, they're um, paying beyond their means and so on. So yeah. they've had to, you know, they've had to take stock of that. They've lost two clubs this year. Like there's significant impact happening and so reduced budgets are going to have a knock-on effect to the quality of personnel that you're going to be able to attract that's the world over that's not specific to rugby mm. so um so there is on the face of it an advantage to teams that don't have budget limitations um um but you know from a french perspective yeah. it's still significant yeah. you know yeah. like you look at at Listen, I've seen numbers in the past. I don't know what the up-to-date ones, but they're they're huge payrolls, huge. And I'd imagine Ireland probably aren't a million miles away from it. If you if you factor in national contracts, provincial setups, and so on, you'd have to imagine it's they're they're not, yeah, they're not millions and millions away. But I would still imagine that some of those French budgets are a little bit bigger than than what's here in Ireland. What I, is, I would think. Yeah, uh, from what you're know of the Leinster culture in, in so much as it's probably changed since you're you're gone a while now but what's a week like this like will it, will it be all business Tuesday in the gym and around training fewer laughs a bit more tension or will it be like any other week for I, in the most part th- th- you're right about the first part Joe that it's become become second nature to them to be you know in semi-finals and finals and so I did have a flavour of that from from 09 onwards you know we did we won the the Celtic Leo Magners League in 08 and then you know we started doing finals and semi-finals 
con- pretty consistently until I retired in 2014. So we did get a sense of that. But now that it's European semi-finals pretty much every year, was yeah. it? 17 was the last time they weren't in one, which was a quarterfinal. So there's um, it's it's commonplace to 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 feel normal emotions. There's excitement and particularly the fact that you're getting to play at home. I think, you know, there's a little bit more stirring in you throughout that week. Just anticipation of about one step away from another final, another shot at something that's avoided them or or that have uh, they've missed out on the last you know four or five years so um but i think they're just such a metronomic type mentality about just yeah you don't think the weight of this i don't think so i really don't i don't think so i think they're just you know go through your all your process be good pro all of that stuff and they and the emotion layer is layered on match day on top of it um, and you enjoy that but if you can get all of the functionality side of things and the detail right of training and no roles and all of that side of things then the elevation of the of the atmosphere and and the occasion and the moment brings your performance to another level or certainly that's the hope um, but then you've got the variable of the opposition of what they throw at you, the intensity that they bring, you know, the physicality that they bring. And then some days you're just on it and some days you're not quite. So there's, that's why, Len, you know, Leinster have cruised to semifinals in Europe and the, and the um, URC for a number of years now. But it's totally different at semifinal final level. That's where the difference between teams is significantly reduced. Um, and and I don't think it's any different. I think, you know, you'll see La Rochelle getting into the final and have had Leinster's number and Toulouse will have a point to prove. And I think they're an improved Toulouse team on last year also who won't have had, you know, the quarterfinal that they had against Munster in their legs the, the previous week, you know, previous week, you know, extra time goal kicks, the emotion of yes. that, the high lows, that all takes its toll as well. And and then Leinster were in a complete, you know, were in such a groove against them from the off in that semi final. I just feel as though there's more in this Toulouse team, but yet I don't know if there's enough to beat a Leinster team that clicks. And where is it you think Leinster have the upper hand? I, I just think the general game plan, the lines of running, the um, the the comfort of playing through phase. I think they've got they've got vari- huge variety. Toulouse have good variety themselves. They've got a big pack, but I I think the 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 detail around angles of running for me is a big one for Leinster. That's how they create opportunities of everyone understanding their role, not not missing a line, not missing the timing of a run, not foregoing something kind of, oh, no, one will come the next phase it's like the how close I'm not saying they get close to perfection every time but they get close to real quality each time they find themselves in a moment to make a difference okay. I think that's their point of difference where if you look at I look back on the Leicester game last uh, this morning and Gary Ringrose's first try okay this, he scores it after a little over a minute catch off to get regain possession off the kickoff all through multi-phase you know six seven phases and then they play out the back and it goes to Ross Byrne and the line that um, Ross Maloney runs to stick the inside defender I think it's George Martin 
to create an opportunity for Ringrose to throw the dummy and use Hugo Keenan outside him. That, those moments are the difference. Ross Maloney's line is magnificent. Okay. Perfectly timed, totally viable op- option, could have gotten it, had to be respected, ran with pace. And that's the detail that maybe people don't see that is the impact for Gary Ringrose and for others to take effect. Um, and so for me, all of those micro moments over the park is the difference. I think you'll find with other teams that sporadically six or seven players will be doing things consistently well, but I don't think you have 15 doing them very well. Running selfless lines, um, you know, offering up, working hard around the corner. Guys like Hugo Keenan and Larm will be playing at the weekend. Their energy to work from one wing to the other to create four on fours into five on fours, that's their point of difference. So for me, I think that's the difference between, you know, this Leinster team and other Leinster teams. They just brought it on to the next level. And albeit there without Johnny, I think Ross Byrne is, is running the machine very, very well. And we've got a great platform. So it's all about what platform Toulouse can stop. Can they, can they stop that Leinster juggernaut? The speed at which they play—that's, mm. you know, their speed and their and their angles of running and their timing is different than everybody else. Okay. Watching Toulouse against uh, the Sharks, mm. did find myself looking at Dupont and thinking, "What the hell am I watching here?" He, I, I was the same. I was the same. He, but even when. Williams, the scrum half, scored. Grant Williams, yeah. Grant, yeah, when he ran, scored. Ran 100 metres in about eight seconds. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Dupont nearly got him. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. Did okay. So it's that. Yeah. It's like, he's so, he's so far ahead in reading the game. And he runs, the thing is, so few players are able to read the game the way he does, but then have the physical attributes. He's not a huge guy, but he's so powerful too, and so fast, and and speed of thought is ahead of everybody else. All those factors together, even when he makes a bad decision or he goes down a dark alley, he finds a way out or he turns it into something that nobody else would be capable of doing. I was really blown away by the quality of, of his game in, in that, um, that quarterfinal. Um, the, the link play, the support play. I, I watched one at one point, I can't remember, he didn't get the ball. It was LaBelle on the wing was put away and just watching everyone else in the support line and he's four or five yards ahead. Everyone's in a line and he's just four or five yards ahead of them. He's just, he's predicted that it's going to happen. I know that's the scrum half line that you've got to play ahead of play and then you can always dip back a little bit. And that's why naturally lots of scrum halves are running that support line because the easiest point, rather than following behind play, you follow ahead of play. And you can always, it's just easier for you to be able to dip back a few yards if a big hit is made. Whereas it's harder to play catch up if you're trying to play too deep. Um, but his, his ability to be able to read something happening and far away is unrivaled. Mm. And then just the skills are just outrageous. Skills, you know, quality of pass is fitness. His fitness. It's yeah. the other thing, and I and and you wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't say that about all. I think that's a, a big point of difference about Ireland and France is our ability to work back hard and run fast from a standing point because we've worked hard early. I think they don't work hard early enough, and I think the knock-on effect happens with some of the club players as well okay. that they're a little bit lazier. Um, 
and I, but him, his fitness is a, another real point of difference that he's in it, in it, in it always to the very end. He has so many key moments when everyone else is exhausted. Um, so that's so he, he literally is, has everything. Two feet, great passing game, great vision, brave as you like. Um, uh, he's he's a majestic, majestic yeah. player. And of course, those those lines to score how many tries as well makes it look easy. I mean, why is no one following Dupont? Mm. But like he had harder, five harder assists in that game. Yeah, well, there was one little basketball throw. <laughs> yeah. stage. five assists though, and like obviously one of them, even that, even being able to pass into Ramos to get the kick under the posts where he, like, if he scored it was on the 15 Ramos doesn't miss yeah. kicks on the 15 but guaranteeing like throw that pass most teams are like oh I won't throw this in case my fullback drops it it's yeah. like there's just this freedom and total confidence and comfort in the way he and, and his teammates are playing Ramos is the other one I'm really impressed with how good he's been so all that said, and as good as Toulouse are, you, you sound very confident on Leinster. I, I am confident because I, I think watching the two teams, I think it'll be a much closer game than last year, but yeah. I do feel as though um, Leinster will create more chances for themselves than Toulouse. The other thing as well is Leinster's defence, like Ireland's as well, has been very, very good. Mm. Have not conceded a lot of points in this competition. And so when you make it difficult to score tries against you and then you are able to create lots of opportunities the perfect combination so I think defensively very very solid obviously you know there's a very different team last week but this European Cup team is super solid very clear Hugo marshalling things in the backfield playing able to play the wingers very high Gary now back making reads, you know, Robbie never happy doing just his role, wants you know, to do more. You've got guys like Porter, who's a bit like Dupont. Every time there's a line break made against teams, he's the guy that's chasing, chasing you down. It's that appetite. You can't, you can't plug that into people sometimes. Mm. It's either in you or it's not. And I, and I think that for me, the Leinster defence has been as impressive as, as the attack this season. The parallel has been drawn between this game and Ireland-France in the Six Nations. Yeah. If you remember that day, we were a touch surprised because uh, France um, kicked the ball a lot, mm. didn't kick it out of play. And then after a while, they just started running from everywhere and there was a certain wildness. And even mm. though they scored tries or whatever, they spent about 30-odd seconds in the Irish 22. But Ireland probably dominated in, yeah. in, in general play. To what extent do you think we'll see something similar on Saturday or, or is Ireland-France a bit of an irrelevance? I think broken field is Toulouse's friend. I think that's where they thrive. There, there's two fact, two, two aspects. There's like you do have Leinster, is there Achilles heel if you're trying to find one, the driving mall? Maybe. I think some teams also have had a bit of success against them driving mall and it's something that Toulouse go to a lot. Mm. They're a big pack and Miafu and you know Aldeguiri and these guys are big, big men. Flamand, um, even uh, Rouge, um, not Rougerie, but Ruma at number eight, who's probably going to be playing there. Um, yeah, they're they're big men and they, they're very, very comfortable in that regard. So they do maul a lot. And I think that is always going to be a danger. I think Ntomak is in miles better form now than he was a few months ago. I think even in the Six Nations, I think he was... 
a bit shaky um, going back to November internationals hadn't been very good there's question marks does Jalibert go in for the French team and said but now I think particularly on the back of of his performance against um, against the Sharks I think you'd be a bit nervous around him but um, I think you will find something you know, the style of what they are doing at Toulouse is not dissimilar to the French team and the style at Leinster is not dissimilar to the Irish team so I do think you will see a, a bit of that but two teams that are might kick the ball a bit but what they do when they have possession masks how much they might kick it because mm. it sticks because, in the memory yeah it exactly it's not like oh, it's a kick fest here and then when they, when they when they do have possession they create nothing or do nothing with it that's not the, both teams will create chances which will excite you which will make you forget about the little bit of kick tennis that might go on at some time in the game mm. Uh, it's one to be savoured. I mean, it's uh, it's all beautifully set up. Have you been in since Nina Arbor's? No, event? no. What's the verdict? I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I had heard great things about him. Then, when the boys were were a monster, they really rated him. They re- they didn't want to lose him most of all. I think, um, and. You know, I think he's meant to be a very nice guy, um, easy going. And also, you know, when you come from World Cup success, you know, um, South Africa play a particular style, but good coaches are capable of playing lots of very different styles. And he's obviously had multiple conversations with Leo and understanding, you know, what work has gone on, the foundations of this team. They don't have to rip the template up far from it. This is a well-oiled machine. It's just about how do you add to that? How can you add certain dimensions defensively and in attack? And I think the fact it's a real coup to, you know, World Cup um, coach, you know, it's, it's, okay, he wasn't, he wasn't head coach when, um, when they won it, mm. but he's his head coach now. For him to leave that role and come back to uh, a, a provincial team, I think is a massive coup, and it says a lot about his, you know, the the, t- the team's ambition and their ability to attract really top, um, top level coaches. Um, and obviously, there's probably other factors as well of you know, family and yeah. you know, putting set, setting them up in Dublin. Um, so I I think it's and I, I you know I believe I, I was only texting Leo about it, but he's very happy with mm. with him. Well, it seems he reached out to Neen Arbor. He wasn't the other way around. And so you you think he will add to the Leinster attack as well because it's been interpreted as well this is a defensive guru and that will be very much his uh, patch of land and attack won't be really on his mind as much. I think in all coaches meetings now you know the the defence guy other than Sean Edwards you know even Sean Edwards adds things in attack you know you know they don't sit in coaches meetings and say nothing until and now your turn to speak they all everyone has rugby IP and when you when you've seen something or you have something to to offer that's going to add value to an attack game or something that you feel as though will enhance you know your your catalogue of plays I I think you're going to listen to someone that has that wealth of experience of course you are I guess he is analysing numerous attacks to break down and listen coach you might come in and begin in a defensive capacity but you see with Simon Easterby in Ireland and other coaches that good coaches are good coaches and also you need to stay fresh not knowing how long he's going to stay in that environment you have to have an ability to be able to keep people interested and so offer them different components too you don't know what what will happen with other personnel within that Leinster setup. So, 
Now, I, I think you will see, OK, maybe he's coming in in de- defensive capacity, but you could be sure that he will add his tuppence worth elsewhere. Um, on the weekend just gone, uh, Sharks 22, Munster 22, extraordinary game. Munster were 22-3 down. On comes Ben Healy, who's uh, in the form of his life as mm. he uh, heads for the exit door on 53 minutes. And it's so often, contributes. isn't it, the case when the pressure's off, when that valve is released and there's, you know, that uncertainty in, in, in your future and where you want to go and that's such a tough decision for someone like him. Have we been a bit quick to let him go? Does he have a higher ceiling than maybe was realised? I don't Did we let him go? Did, you know, did, well, maybe we didn't fight hard enough to keep him, show him the love. I, I think at the time, was he showing? It's all after the fact. It's easy, you know, to be able oh, to retrospectively look back and question. go, "Yeah." If he, and if, go. He was, if he was playing like this, yeah, I think you're probably se- looking at trying ago. to fight a bit harder for him now. Yeah, but I don't think that was what we're seeing now was necessarily what we saw back when he wasn't getting oh, no, second. Where yeah. Carberry and and Crowley were in ahead of him, and then all of a sudden he thought, "Okay, I, I don't think." Have any Irish or I have Irish aspirations, but I don't think they have any aspirations in using me. So, what about Gregor? He was saying the right things, got capped during the Six Nations. Okay, now it's time for for a change, and I I can understand why he did that. I think it, it felt like a good move for him at that time, mm. and now there's always a bit of regret when a player you know turns up the way he has in the last while, but playing with a freedom, but. Would he have played with that freedom if he was staying put? That's the other thing. So do, is he playing loosely because he doesn't owe Munster anything or he doesn't have to impress the powers that be here? Whereas now, you know, you, or you're going to play it a bit more restricted, going, God, I really hope I get capped. I've got to try and find my way into Andy Farrell's. Will it be this World Cup or other Six Nations all of a sudden? That's not a concern of his and, and, and he's playing accordingly. Munster... Uh I suppose it's a funny few weeks. The absolute low of the Sharks' defeat mm. and what we anticipated would be two weeks more in South Africa where it, w- it would really copper fasten just a grim season mm. and they completely rejuvenated things. Yeah, yeah, they did. They really did. Like I, I watched the the Sharks game back yesterday and, and it was a weird game. Like right. Sharks would be shooting themselves okay. kind of for, you know, the, there were... Was it twenty four three up or something? Twenty two three, yeah. Twenty two three. After fifty plus minutes, yeah. As well. um, now they did have a couple of big injuries in their back line and had a big rejig, but f- fair play to Munster, you know, finding a way back in that, not throwing the towel in, where you could feel a bit sorry for yourself, and you're like, oh, we've been here before, yeah. Um, and and could easily have have snatched it, you know, at, at the end. Um, so it's now Champions Cup rugby and Glasgow in a quarter final. Like Glasgow in a quarter final. I know Glasgow had a good run of form. They're they're on a very good run of late, but have a few injuries themselves from the weekend against Connacht. I think they had three or four international injuries. So I, I, you know, Munster will always feel. I don't know when we won't feel Munster away to Glasgow in a quarter final. Yeah, you mm. know, Glasgow can't love that one. You know, particularly having come on the back of of the two performances down in South Africa, where they could have thought, "Gosh, maybe we'll work through preseason, and you know, next year's our team to build on the layers that have been built." They've really they've dug in, and um, and it really would not surprise me if they went over there and managed to to do 
do something. I, I still think their attack game looks pretty limited. You know, I, I, I do. Okay. I think there's there's been improvements, but it's I can't say I'm massively inspired about where the development has come over the course of the year. I'm not. I think they've gotten better, but still have a long way to go. Okay. Still have a long way to go. I think, I, I, being honest as well, I think they, they've really missed Farrell this year too. You know, I've, I've, no, no one's really talked about it. Yeah. Um, so Fekatoa has actually done a good job, particularly down in South Africa, but I think Farrell's huge for them, you know, giving advantage line and, and just bringing, you know, a bit of no-nonsense, you know, super solid. So you're missing out on personnel like that. You, you can't afford to miss out on top good quality international players when you're when you're trying to vie for domestic leagues and European honours you just you need your, your best players out there the Joey Carby situation feels very grim from his perspective right now yeah I don't know what to make of it like it, it, I think if you there's a few lines of thought on this as well as you know if you talk to some coaches particularly you know some that have coached him at Leinster. I, I don't know if many of them were sure that he was going to be a ten. You know, there was a lot of talk about being a fifteen that that was going to be his position. Uh, <clears throat> My sense through the grapevine is they've said that to him. Mm. Rob Carney's on the way out. Yeah, this is how we see it for you. Mm. But obviously the RFU, Joe Schmidt. Well, I obviously we were in need of an of a second ten. Yeah. And and it's very hard when you're a young guy. He's only a young guy, and and an opportunity to go to an, and become the number one. And obviously, he couldn't wait. So it was the right move if he wanted to play ten, um, and had international aspirations. And he thought, obviously, then maybe I can actually yeah. back myself as a player and become the performer that everyone thinks I can because yes. I've delivered mm, Soldier Field and and other big clutch games He's, he delivered knocked over penalties and saw, you know, saw, saw games through yeah why well, you tell me Johnny Sexton's going to play to the 37 yeah exactly he joked exactly uh, and he was ferociously unlucky with injury like it's been a rotten run outside of his control as well shouldn't have been rotted that World Cup in hindsight did his ankle no good so it's it's really tricky um but it, confidence is such I, I, I saw s- snippets of what Ron Nogara said and it's true in that when you've been there it doesn't seem as impossible to get back. I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't be for him. Yeah. But I am surprised that they did uh, good luck to Healy and it's fantastic and they've, they've made the right choice in the short term. We have to win these games. But it, it is a touch surprising that I they prioritised. I think that's a surprising what, he, what they're doing to him mentally, what, that, what, what being left out of that squad now and it, when there's a guy that's heading off to another club and another country to play for them and yeah. as for want of another expression, turned his back on them for his own reasons and understandably, he, I think, yeah, do you not have to back the guy that's staying put? Well, it's very hard to turn around to him and say, but we really value you. Like, it, it's, I think it speaks volumes without having to say anything that, you know, the, 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 the gap of where he is in his game is, is at a, such a low ebb that we're going to choose the guy. Was he at that, that low an ebb? But like I, he, I, 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 well, I don't know what's happening, you know, training, and that, sure. there's so much of that, you know, comes into know, decision but, making. But late last year, where you're going, God, he's gone off a cliff. No, I didn't. I never. I didn't think that. I, I, I didn't. I did. I just don't think they're they're as a team they were functioning that well, and yeah. so always the ten comes in for big criticism. 
going, oh, you're not steering the ship. But so much of, a, of what a 10 does is about platform and being able to be given an opportunity. And, and then you take a little bit of confidence away and, and his ability to play a bit square at the line and just a bit of uncertainty and maybe not as much confidence in his running game, which was a big component of it in the early years. All those different cumulative factors add up to not a great performance and then all of a sudden at training someone else is shining Healy's playing with this freedom and he's just inspiring a bit more confidence in the coaching staff and, and then you come like okay well are we going to stick with the guy that's staying with us or do we pick the guy that's in form well we need to win games so let's pick the guy that's in form and let's try and see it through and hopefully through that next preseason, we can pick that guy's confidence back up again he's going to be naturally one or two starting with two because Crowley's now definitely the number one so We'll, we'll give him a chance to play his way back into... And if, it, if it stays like this, if the Crowley-Healy dream team continues as long as URC continues, does Andy Farrell still say to Joey Carberry, absolutely, hope you come to Carton House during the summer, you're, you're part of, well, I don't know how many out-halves he brings in. Um, does he have that credit in the bank? I, th- I think he has to. Okay. I think he has to. Like, so, sorry, who's, who's going to... He's third. He's third choice. You're saying that Jack Carty or... Why, is Crowley ahead of him now? Yeah, Crowley's ahead of him. And Ross Byrne and Johnny Sexton? So he's, he's fourth. And Sam Prendergast? Keith Wood wants Sam Prendergast at that camp. I'll come to that in a moment. Yeah, well, like, he's a, he's, he's a talent, but God, he's, he's young and raw, but... Yeah. OK, so say he's fourth. You still bring him up, though, even if he's played very little for Munster between now and you have to look at him and try and rejuvenate him. Because and, I don't know where they're going to take three. Like that's the question. Mm. You know, there's there's an extra two players, there's 34 players now, so there's a chance of bringing, of, of carrying an additional 10, whereas before an additional 10 felt quite penal, you know, carrying three, wouldn't might necessarily use one a lot. Frawley is still lurking around in the background, yeah. I would think. Yeah. So it's very true. Like, but he, of course, Frawley's not going to make, I don't think Frawley's going to make the... Even as a utility? No, I don't okay. think so. I think because there's guys like Jimmy O'Brien that are going to make that. Okay, okay. Like th- th- this is going to be the first year that we're going to be part of a squad looking at looking at, our, at the squad announced and watch it as if we've watched New Zealand squads in the past mm. where the big omission whereas before squads have tended to pick themselves for the first time be like oh my god no place for Keith yeah. Earls or for yeah, Larmer or, 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 for, or for a bigger name the, you know there has been sorry that, not that those dads names no, those are your names big the the inverse of what's happening with Carberry is like the Gibson Park Ireland decide first it's Gibson Park Leinster oh we agree Andy Farrell pretty much decided Carberry out and now laterally Munster have gone we agree so I don't know if Farrell's now going to go actually in you come who knows but also Munster had Conor Murray out in January out of the European squad True. against True. Northampton Patterson and um, what's his name Blondie little scrum half Craig Casey Craig Casey thank you sorry Craig um, yeah the two of them were in and, yeah. and Murray was out and he was fit so yeah, okay. but yes this, our international squad was named a week late, later and, and the three of them were in sorry um, Gibson Park and, and the two Monster Boys so I think it depends on cir- circumstances I don't think just because someone's not playing provincially, that it means they're gone. Right. But it's it's more challenging. It's trying to it, you got You must do wonders at um, a provincial or at, at an international camp. Then, if you're yeah. 
if if you're not playing for your provincial team the, to inspire confidence well we'll see how it plays out but bottom line he's too good for this to be the end of Joey Carberry for some reason like he's, he's too yeah. good a footballer he's a great footballer but but it's it's a seminal moment in his career mm. it really is it's huge because if someone else came along through that monster setup now and I don't know what the, the next emerging 10 mm. who it is but if someone did and showed a bit of potential that could be a killer because you can languish maybe for become third for a couple of months in a season but you come third for a full season haven't been there before you're very quickly the forgotten man so I think it it does become a, a hugely important six months and particularly I don't know what's happening with the URC went during World Cup or I presume sure. this game's been played but those early games will be all important mm. um, I, I think Ireland are going to have to carry three tens going to Johnny Sexton of course you're going to have to carry a, a third ten mm. so Crowley and uh, Ross Byrne will go with Johnny um, um, but one injury of those three and Joey's then travelling yeah. so it's not you're not far away you're not far away and but he's always delivered Joey for from an Irish perspective hasn't he a bit like Bundy you know I, I don't think I've I've seen too many bad games from Joey closing mate hasn't had much not, not like Bundy's always played very well and started lots of games Joey started very few yeah. but he's I've never thought never felt nervous with Joey coming on because mm. he's he's done it in the past clutch games clutch kicks you haven't been in in a while. The Sam Prendergast hype train has left the station. Yeah, I'm gonna you, you really. I'm gonna train. pull. I'm gonna pull. Thankfully, <laughs> I'm gonna pull the handbrake up because I fell under the um, the Harry Byrne train, um, and that didn't serve me that well. You are synonymous with the anointed one phrase in my mind, and Harry Byrne. Yeah. Prendergast. Yeah, fine player. <laughs> no, he looks like a very nice player. He does. Like I've only seen some of the highlights of. Um, of the of the twenties, but I did I watched the Lions game. Lions game. Okay. And yeah. I it's it's a few things that I you know, I always look out for with those guys and, and I, I talk about it in here the whole time and it's it's that ability to play square on the line. That for me is a is a sure sign of whether someone's got a good understanding of what they're trying to do in running a back line, in creating space for others and, t- and, and whether there's an element of bravery in them or not. So take it, when I, so when, get yeah, hit. Take it, yeah. get hit, get whacked, play square. Don't think self-preservation. Self-preservation is sh- shoulders to the sideline. Bravery is shoulders north-south, facing north. And, and then how long will you hold it? So if I see that in any player coming through, if it's if it's evident, I, I immediately feel excited okay, at the you're prospect in, you're of interested. it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, and that's actually. I mean, I, I will start applying that to all tens in future. That, that, so that's the first thing you yeah. would say. Let's see what you got here at yeah. the line. Okay. Yeah. Good. You know that. Are you a good passer of the ball? Yes. All these tens are tend to be good passers of the ball. And then the kicking side of things. He looks. He looks so like Johnny when he started out. Does he not? Really does, Tall. yeah. Yeah. Less of a pop belly on him than than Sexto had in the mid nineties, but, um, but no, he's, yeah, he looks he looks good, looks exciting. 
good luck. Good luck. Good luck. So I'm not going to tell him he's going to be part of the World Cup squad. I don't, I don't think. What's funny because Keith, Keith Wood was in and, and he would usually, by his own admission, be the first to pour cold water on hype. Mm. And he said, I'm breaking with tradition. And what jumped out to him, he said, composure. He said, of all of the pretenders to Johnny's throne, composure, this guy's first in the queue on that attribute. And it's all, I mean, it's effectively his first game for Leinster and he had it. And so that's why he was very excited and he said, uh, let's have him in and have a look at him in Ireland camp. And I can understand why you would have, have him in for a look, even if, he, you know, if, he's, if he's not even thinking about him for this World sure. Cup. Um, provided it's not excessive numbers and someone getting reps and, and where someone else is missing out, if you're never yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. of bringing him. But I, I couldn't see a situation where now where he's, okay. he's being brought. I just okay. couldn't. <laughs> Considering... Because you've got a you've got to have test experience. Sorry, and he's got and he's I was, got I was none. In your camp. Right? Oh. Keith Wood and Rory O'Connor went. No, for it. I'm not having that yet. No, I think that I think he's he's a very exciting prospect um, for you know Australia 2027. Yes, I think that is something that we should definitely think that there's there's potential for him to be there. But um, but for now, no, I think getting that game time mm. with Leinster and. On, on the upside getting seen the uplift and then you know seeing the hardship that comes with it as well is is grows character so I think that's that's great um, the more he's exposed to that the, the better he'll be um, and then you put him into an environment in time when he's playing with all those better players as well that will enhance his game and make it easier for him to do his role to forget that that sometimes he's a bit of a star player in that group and yet he's one of the most inexperienced yes yes and and do you still think by the way Harry Byrne's going to have a big say in the next decade I'm or not sure okay I, I the fact that he can't really stay on the pitch the, the 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 time which it took him to get out on the park and I and I don't know the severity of the injury sometimes you have to just and this isn't specific him specifically him but mm. when you've had a run of injuries and a few niggles and whatnot, you you sometimes you just have to get out there yeah you just have to play at 75% and dig in mentally be tough and strong and and think I've got to put my hand up for this jersey and I he didn't I don't know he, he didn't do that I'm not necessarily saying because he was not up to it or, sure. or wasn't maybe his injuries were too big for that but you become the forgotten man yeah, as I mentioned you get your window and you, you do and um, and then you're giving chances to others and that's where Frawley and that's where his brother Ross have taken advantage and you go down the pecking order and then you have to you have to really work hard to get yourself into a position to play those bigger games where you get credibility and respect and um, and eyeballs and, and you've got you know international coaching staff having a look at your, your provincial setup so yeah, we'll we'll see, but uh, for now he's um, he's he's got an awful lot of work to do. Okay, um, I've gone way out over time. It would be remiss of me not to mention though you were at Musgrave Park. Mm -hmm. You saw an Irish team at an unbelievably low ebb. There's yeah. very little about their game that they would feel good about at the moment. They have to go to Edinburgh on Saturday evening. They need a bonus point win, most likely to avoid the wooden spoon. Uh, they've scored two tries, penalty try and a try across four games. It's hard to see them scoring four. Scotland won at the weekend against Italy and are feeling just like they've come out of an awful period. And, and they were decent and they've been decent at times during the, the tournament. So 
and it it's important. Like it's important for them as well with, with you know the oh. with the new world fifteens, world 15s well, and te- getting into tier two. You know, and, and at the start of the championship, people were saying oh, tier two wouldn't be ideal, but now they're looking at tier three and trips to Kazakhstan and Jamaica and real minnows for not just next year, but the next two years. But that's the real killer, and so it slows progression thereafter because obviously the. The better the teams you play, the the more you progress yourself. You go away and you look at your shortcomings and you identify where you need to improve. And right now, it's 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 massively challenging because also we're splitting our resources between fifteens and sevens, and a huge you know some of the best athletes are going across and playing playing sevens. Yeah. And so if you're looking at try scoring capabilities and X factor, it feels like an awful lot of it is over there. You know, huge inexperience in this Irish setup at the moment. The average, you know, I think, the median cap is six at the moment, or was at the weekend. So, like, when you look at that, it's very hard to um, to kind of lean on anyone in particular. Um, so it's it's tough time. But what what they are doing at the moment is they're all of the work that they are doing now. They're it's it's layers building. F- trying to get good foundations about understanding what being good pros is because it's it's new to them mm-hmm. and understanding that they become the standard bearers for the next group coming through the next the the players that are coming out of school and coming out of college that that have aspirations to play for Ireland and when they come into the environment their initial side of what they see that has a huge part to play in their future development and and passing on that positivity and and good work ethic and uh, ownership and responsibility and all of the different components that come to being uh, a good pro and it comes down to rest recovery late night eating staying away from snack drawers all of that stuff it's part of being a good pro Mm. when no one's watching there's always someone watching and so for me um as much as it's it's a hard it's a it's a tough place for them to be at the moment, you've got to find good in that in 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 finding small little incremental improvements even in losses of how you can do things a little bit better on your previous performance mightn't get you victories, but but also play with a bit more bravery than maybe you know there and I mean that you know I'm not saying that there's any shortage of putting bodies on the line but bravery in ambition and and just going after teams and pl- trying to play a bit more rugby, I thought they kicked the ball a huge amount on Saturday. And so I would suggest this weekend, if they could, you know, I think you'll get an awful lot more sympathy going down pl- trying to play rugby rather than kicking it away and being afraid of owning perse- per, um, perse- um, possession. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I would hope that that's the next iteration of where they need to go, develop their skills, work on it as, as units, but also play with a bravery that you know things will go wrong but you know what some things will go right and the confidence comes from that We are out of time uh, Leinster to lose is live and off the ball by the way on Saturday Conor Morris and Andy Dunn will be calling the play our rugby coverage and off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Brian O'Driscoll thank you very much Thanks Ollie. Ryan O'Driscoll on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us